Okay. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the planet you are on. I know some of our brothers in Asia are fast and asleep and probably close to daybreak. For those of us in Africa, I know it's almost uh, 4 or 5 p.m. in the day. People in North America, yes, it's a new day, 8.30, 9.30 in the morning, depending on what part of America you're in. Today, we have a fantastic topic again. All our topics are always very fantastic. This is Atlanta Discuss. My name still remains Adebalogun. I'm your moderator, your host. Some call me the anchorman. Yes, I'm all of it. It's always a discourse. And you know, here we just go for the facts. We try and bridge the gap. We, we are the voice of the unheard. We balance the information equation. We discuss IT, sports, politics, and faith-based issues, economic issues, we just don't shy away from the fact. And for to do that, we have to bring experts, erudite scholars, people that know their audience, people that have earned their epaulets, people that know their left from their right, people that do not allow stomach infrastructure to affect how they disseminate the truth. That is why today we have a guest with uh, with us, a fantastic one. And our topic, like I told you earlier, is we are trying to look at creating a balance between uh, the, to, how to create a balance between in trade between North America and Africa, and there's no other person to bring to you today than Bamidele Ayemibo. Bamidele, welcome to Atlanta Discourse. Thank you for having me. Good day. Okay, let me let me just tell you about Bamidele. You know, it's going to take me like two minutes because he's, he's a very heavy guy in this area. So let me just read what is God. So Bamidele is a lead consultant at 3T Impact Trade Academy. The export king, as is popularly and fondly called, is a trade consultant with numerous trade certifications. He is the first certified specialist in demand guarantee in Nigeria and among the first 10 in Africa. That's a lot, you know. So he holds a master's in international business with law from Southport Manchester University, United Kingdom. And he holds a PhD in international business and marketing with the LIGS University in Hawaii, United States of America. He conceived, designed, and facilitated the training of the first export diploma program and six trade professional development programs in Africa in conjunction with the American Institute of Extended Studies. He's a member of the International Chambers of Commerce Working Group on Trade Relations and Blockchain in the World. As part of the ICC Commission on Custom and Trade Facilitation, he is a facilitator at the Lagos Business School, a member of the Board of Trustees and Executive Council of Network on Oil Exporters of Nigeria. The former chairman, export group at the Lagos Chambers of Commerce and Industry, he is also an online TV host of the foremost trade program, Import Export Platform, online every Thursday by 5 p.m., and the author of five trade books, Export Business Made Easy, Import Business Made Easy, Demand Guarantee Made Easy, Standby Letter of Trade uh, Credit Made Easy, and A to Z of Export Business Finance. I'm sure clearly you see this guy is a man for the job. He started the first international trade center in Nigeria, where bankers, importers, exporters all come for open training program, tutorials on different trade finance examination. He's an avid blogger who regularly post export-related information on www.tradeinfong.com. He regularly facilitates international trade finance-related training for the Fidelity Bank, Central Bank of Nigeria, Chartered Institute of Bankers of Nigeria, First Bank PLC of Nigeria, FCMB of Nigeria, Access Bank of Nigeria, Wema Bank, Heritage Bank, Ecobank, just to mention a few. Welcome, Bamidele Ayumibo, to Atlanta Discuss. Thank okay, you. Clearly, yes, we're going to have we're going to have fun today. We're going to have a discussion. I mean, the most of the things I'm going to ask are questions people have sent to me. You know, so as I was going through, what is the current situation in the trade relation between Nigeria and the USA? You know, just let's know what's happening right now. Uh, we we still are not doing so well. Um, you know, US is a very big market. US literally controls about one third of uh, purchasing power in the world. Uh, even though the population is just about 350 million, is it? I think over 300 million at least. Yeah, 350. Uh, you're, you're right with 350. 350 million. Mm. So, I mean, but country enormous potential producing power in the world. So, any country that is not trading with America, it, it has not started actually. I mean, you really, <laughs> you know, you can't be, you can't be international trade in the world and you're not doing business with America. I mean, so we, but we're not there yet. Um, for a number of reasons. So 
And that also is affecting our trade with not just America, with a number of other countries around the world. Uh, given the size of Nigeria and given the opportunity and potential of the country, we still are not scratching international trade on the surface, both import and export. Some people think we are doing a lot of import and Nigeria is importing a lot. South Africa is importing more than Nigeria. South Africa is importing over 90 billion. Nigerian import is just about 50 something billion. If you add all the smuggling, undervaluing, and like, maybe like 60, 70 billion, it's still not up to South Africa. Of course, export of South Africa is a lot more. And Nigeria. So, given the size of the country, the, the landmass, the population, the resources, we are not even scratching the surface. And America have presented an opportunity on Agua for us to be able to take advantage of that, but we've not been able to take advantage of that uh, for a number of reasons we will be talking about today. Yeah, I was, that was going to be my second question. I was going to talk about Agua. So, can you please tell us what the meaning of Agua, what it entails? Why are we not maximizing the potential? potentials of Agua, which African countries have maximized it just to show that we are, if we're not doing it well, others have done it and how they are doing it. Um, Agua is Africa Growth and Opportunity Act. African Growth and Opportunity Act and is a law of United States. It's an act of the Parliament of the United States and it's a law that is giving Africa opportunity to be able to trade with America duty-free. And it's actually for sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, sub-Saharan Africa, that's excluding North African countries. Sub-Saharan Africa, and the opportunity, and the idea is this. If we give you chance into our market by reducing tariff on the number of products, you will be able to trade with us. And if you increase your export to America, then you are going to be able to increase uh, growth of the factories or manufacturers and business in your country, and thereby create an opportunity to uh, hire more people, create jobs, reduce poverty and inequality. That's the idea in theory. But in practice, that has not been our experience uh, as a nation. Uh, I like to use an analogy of why Nigeria is not able to uh, enjoy or maximize the opportunity in Agua. It's like giving a baby that doesn't have a teeth, give me a turkey. <laughs> a turkey lap with the normal meat, but it doesn't have a teeth. <laughs> so it wow. cannot enjoy the value of that thing. That's the analogy. The opportunity is huge, but we still have not developed that capacity uh, to be able to maximize it. Uh, and the reason, in my opinion, is because the government still have alternative means of generating revenue. So we talk about diversification with mouth, but in action, we are not making effort in that regard. If we're really serious, if we, when, when, I, when I try to check what countries that are growing trade are doing, I just realized that we have not even started. When you see what countries that are topping the trade, the kind of policy they have in place, the kind of support they give, how they ensure that the businesses keep it. But let me give an, an example. During the um, 2008-2009 financial crisis that started in the U.S., I think it was the real estate sector that sparked that then. A number of European businesses could not ship to Africa because of the challenge of not getting paid. Oh, wow. Even though they are issuing LC. Even though they are issuing LC. So the IFC, of course, you know, World Bank, IMF, mm -hmm. IFC, they are all... Uh, I mean, we are just, uh, we are part of it, but we are, this for them. You know what I mean? For you people in the <laughs> yeah. West. We are, we are French members, French. <laughs> now, they set up what they call a global trade finance program that guarantee letter of credit from Africa. So even though the letter of credit was supposed to guarantee payment from Africa, it's now shaky because of the financial crisis in the world. They have to guarantee, so it's like a bank in Nigeria issue and LC. IFC guaranteed the LC so that a German company can ship to Nigeria. That way, they can keep the factory going because if they are not able to ship, they will have to sack people. They will lose, people will lose jobs. The government is going to take the heat because people are going to say the government is unpopular because people are losing their job and the government is not doing anything about it. So the government have to ensure they guarantee letter of credit from Africa to be able to ensure the factory keeps shipping to Africa in spite of the fact that they have concern with our LC, so that when any of those payment instruments fail, they can step in to protect their businesses. Now, that's a step, that's one of, just an example to show 
how countries are deliberate about supporting their businesses to be able to keep doing business. But you don't see that uh, in Africa. A number of Southern African countries have been able to take advantage of it. Even small countries, as small as, um, uh, I think Namibia recently, even was able to now begin to export a product that many African countries have not been able to export. <clears throat> that is, uh, I think, uh, cow uh, beef products. Wow. It took them a lot to do to finalize certification, but eventually they are able to do it. <coughs> so, excuse me. Right. And a number no of other South African countries, East African countries like Kenya and the like, being able to take advantage of it. Not because we are not shipping at all. I'm just talking about what we should be doing. These are this what we are doing. What we are doing. This is what we should be doing. Is we are not there at all, at all, at all. We can do a lot, lot more than we are currently doing in terms of trade with North America. So I, I was reading here that uh, in the 2000 and, uh, 2022, Nigeria is the second largest export destination in sub-Saharan Africa. How so is that? Export destination for the U.S.? For the U.S., yes. Yes, because we do a lot of import from the U.S. Hmm. We do a lot of import from the U.S. What we've not done is to be able to ensure we balance it all with export from Nigeria to the U.S., but we do a lot of import from the U.S. I mean... Okay. <laughs> So, so I many products that we currently import from the US, from cars to wheat to, I mean, different products. So, Nigeria is a major destination actually when it comes to import. But when it comes to export, US is among the top import origin of Nigeria. But in terms of export, we are nowhere. I see here that cocoa, cashew nuts, and animal feeds are just majorly what we export to America and, and some is crude oil. Another problem of Africa. You know, Africa is doing a lot in terms of exports, volume-wise, but value-wise. You know, what, what do you mean by <laughs> if how can it be high and had a value? No, vo- volume and value. Let me mm-hmm. define volume. Volume in terms of metric tons and number of containers. Okay. Value in terms of earnings in US dollar terms. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Let me give you an analogy. If I'm exporting a ton of cashew nut at a price of about $1,000 per metric ton. I can only put about 70 metric tons in the container. That means max $17,000 for a container of raw cashew nut. I can sell cashew kernel. That's where you remove the shell. You have not even roasted it in the cashew kernel that's the white stuff inside. The price can be as high as $10,000 per metric tons. And I can put up to, up to um, 20 tons in a container. 20 tons times 1 times 10,000. That's about $200,000 in a container. If I'm shipping that container to US now, the price is about $3,000. I'm going to incur the same $3,000 I'm going to use to ship $17,000 worth of container, the same $3,000 to ship $200,000 worth of container. Hmm. The total market size of cocoa beans is less than $10 billion, $9.something billion. The market size of one of the value chain of cocoa beans, which is chocolate, is over $30 billion. So then you begin to ask yourself, who is making money? So we do a lot of shipment of cocoa, of cashew, of commodities. But in terms of the value we get, is so low because of the issue of value addition. How do, how do we ameliorate that kind of thing? I mean, how do we find a way around it? How do we have a soft landing? What ingenuity do we? I mean, you're the expert. How do we change the narrative? You mean how do we solve this problem? Yes, sir. There must be a deliberate policy. That's exactly where I'm saying that. You know, mm-hmm. when there is a... Okay, let, before I answer that question, let me make an analogy. Um, the central bank governor, both the old and the new, the, the old, before he left, before he was uh, asked to step aside or sag, he was in and out of Rock with this administration that is less than 100 days. The central bank new governor had been out of Rock even addressing press conference. 
the Nigerian Export Promotion Council ED has not been to Asorok. At least I've not seen in the news. Hmm. The next Zim Bank MD has not been to Asorok. At least I've not seen in the news. I don't know, Minister of Trade, he just appointed. So let's see what happens in the next three, four months. But where I'm going is, you will see that it seems as if we are, if we are deliberate, because if you look at the, the situation Nigeria is in right now, out of the major source of foreign exchange generation, trading goods, trading services, foreign direct investment, foreign portfolio investment, uh, remittances. Remittances are the welfare economies, the one you guys send home to support. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that is holding the economy. Yes, yes. The one you guys send home. Now, that one is still coming. But you see, foreign direct and foreign portfolio investment, even remittances, foreign direct and foreign portfolio investment, we don't have control over it. You guys and the investor decide they want to invest in Nigeria. Currently, they are not investing in Nigeria. Our politics is shaky. Um, we are not sure of where we are going currently in the politics until the judiciary determine the final uh, result and the Supreme Court take final decision and we know where we are going nobody is going to invest in Nigeria so let me can I show you a, a, can I show you something maybe that was please go ahead go ahead it's a discussion so go enable ahead. me enable me to share my screen okay why not? And let me share my screen. Let me show you a particular, um, a particular, um, I want to show you a graphics that shows the, the current status of foreign direct investment and investment into Nigeria in general. Have you enabled me? Yes, sir. Okay. So, so you can see it just to show. Paint a picture. So if you look at this slide, you will notice something. You will notice that the uh, this is for foreign portfolio investment. They call it hot money. Those that come in capital market. Can you see the decline? Yes. Major decline. Major decline. From 2019 down till date. Now, so, and, and this is what's affecting value of Naira, really. Same for foreign foreign direct investment. See foreign direct investment also. These these are going down. Why? Because I want to bring money into an economy where I'm sure of my return. Hmm. I'm sure of stability. I'm sure of uh of what will happen next. So the option we are left with that we have control over is trading goods and trading services. You see those trading goods and services that we have control over. That should be our focus right now. I, I should be hearing every speech of the president right now talking about export, export, export. Trade, trade, trade. I'm not hearing that. And then they begin to get me concerned because I'm asking myself, so how do we, because until we settle our issues politically and this is going to come in, to be able to stabilize the demand and supply in the FS market, the major source right now is depending on oil, crude oil. If the price of that crude oil crash today, we will be in big problem as a nation. JP Morgan just made an analogy, people that didn't agree with the analogy about the fact that foreign reserve three point something, they are netting off all the forward, netting off all the uh, outstanding obligation of Nigeria that is due in many years to come. So we can't just net it off today because we are still going to have some dollar. I mean, <laughs> mm. Yeah, but but I mean, it, 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 uh, I mean, I think what JP Morgan was trying to say really is that we've never used our uh, our foreign reserve as like a collateral for borrowing in the past, so to say. It's supposed yeah. to be yeah, it's supposed to be value of the export capacity we have. Do you understand? But yeah. we all know that in the last eight years there were a lot of voodoo voodoo economics that went on yeah a lot of which we are only guessing well we know that every day we are just going to see the revelations that are very baffling shocking and embarrassing yeah but you see on, at a transfer discourse there's something i always say I, there's no episode i don't talk about it. i always say that one out of every force of saharan african is a nigeria one out of every six black people in the whole world is a nigeria so yeah yeah technically speaking 
Nigeria is the largest concentration of black people. Of black people in the world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah anywhere from black Pluto, Uranus, Saturn. I mean, anywhere you have black people, <laughs> concentration of black people. You know, if a colleague of mine, you know, the other day we were, we were discussing, you know, I, I went for a seminar somewhere. So one of my colleagues were like, he said, Adi, there are too many Nigerians are criminals. This guy, Nigerians are criminals. They kept on saying I kept quiet. So when it was my turn to speak, so I just went for the jungler and I just told them, look, I explained to them that even during slavery, they were picking slaves in Nigeria from four different locations. Every other <laughs> place was from one. So even, even by virtue of numbers, all of you in America, blacks, if you check your ancestry DNA, I'm sure that six percent of you are from Nigeria. You understand? And I said, okay, so so logically, if one out of every four sub-Saharan Africans in Nigeria, one out of every six blacks in Nigeria, so if you see them, ten criminals that are black, it's not impossible that half of them would be Nigeria. It's just a game of numbers. It's just a game of numbers. Where more? Then and I told them, let's flip it, which was where I was really going to hit them. You know, I said. If you see 10 black doctors in America today, what percentage yes. of them will be Nigerian? Exactly. Somebody said six. I love somebody that said, yeah, love somebody that said seven. Yeah, somebody said six, somebody said seven. I said that's exactly what it is. It's a game of number. So there are black people, there are bad people everywhere in the world. There are good people everywhere in the world. But the people that have the majority is likely to we have more of them. Good, yeah, they, they have more criminals. They have more educated people. They have more, the richest I'm a, a top 10 in Africa, at least there are three top 10 wealthiest Africans. There are at least three yeah. Nigerians there. In Nigeria. Abdul Samad is there. Mike Adenuga is there. Aliko is sitting there on top. You on know, top. but I agree with you also. Why is it that if we don't sort our political issues, I see no reason why we should have an election so in the president when cases are still in court. In Kenya, they do it in one month, I think, or a week. You know, Ghana too, they expedite all this thing. So, it, it does look like our problem is even more political than capacity. You understand? You have just nailed. You have just yeah, nailed it. it. Does look, mm, it you have just nailed it. Look, let me let me get on that point. The real issue, if we can solve the politic issue, will solve our economic issues. issues. Econo yes, because then we'll be able to put the round peg in round hole. Oh, wow. People will not get position because of the way they contribute. So someone gets into the office, they mm. get the position because they have what it takes to get the job done. They have what it I takes. And, and because they have what it takes to get the job done, they also are conscious of the fact that if they don't perform, they are going to be out. I was telling someone, you know, I was talking to some uh, the some people in the current party, one of them wanted to do export, and they came to see me, and I was and he was saying, okay, what would I advise the current administration? Because he see opportunity here and he wants to see if he can get it across to the uh, current president. And I said, I want to see a situation where the president, when he's appointing his ambassadors, give them a machine order and say, in one year, if you don't double the trade of Nigeria with your country right now, you're on your own. Hmm. That means as an ambassador, you are there to sell Nigeria. So you have to check the trade of your of Nigeria with the country I'm posting you to mm -hmm. is five million dollars in the last next six months one year double it keep doubling it year on year that's the only that's a major KPI for you if the ambassador know that he won't get to that country and we want to organize and I've experienced this as a Nigerian trying to organize and uh, attend a trade fair in Cote d'Ivoire and seeing a situation where. The people in the embassy sabotage the process because they had the issue with the Nigerian we're working with there in, I don't know, whatever is expected from them. And, oh, wow. And, they, and we came in, and do you wow. know they sabotage you? We, it cost that guy more. They ensure whatever support they give as an embassy, they did not give it. And this wow. is supposed to be embassy of Nigeria. They're supposed to increase trade. But they didn't do wow. it. So imagine that kind of thing. In Nigeria, we have Jetro, Japanese Export Promotion Agency. In Nigeria, to support Ooh. export from Japan, NEPC is supposed to have an, a, a desk in every Nigerian embassy around the world. If I want to export to US, it shouldn't be great. I should be able to write the embassy. The embassy give me all the information I need and support me. Mm -hmm. That's what happened for many countries. That's not what happened for me. In fact, there's a particular guy who worked with the European 
uh, embassy in Nigeria. He, he, he attended our executive diploma in export business management. And I was asking why. He said, it's a Nigerian working in a, a European embassy in Nigeria to help you with trade. And he's doing that program to help trade from France to Nigeria. Wow. To Nigeria. Can you imagine that? You know, so you begin, so when you look at it, as I said, immediately, so when you, when we get the politics right, and the person, whoever is in charge, knows that, look, this is what must be done. It's not about politics now. It's about Nigeria. It's about our future. Putting people in a position that know that if they don't perform this, what will happen? Yeah, but you see, I'm I'm happy you nailed it. I'm I'm very happy about that because you know you you I'm I'm very pleased that you even went for the jugular. Here we always like, but you see, the problem I have is that I mean, at my age, I can at least I think I can talk about every Nigerian president from when Ambassador was a military man to military of state till date, and the way I see it, we've been having this problem since the time of Shagari. Nothing has really changed. As far as I'm concerned, during Chagai, Nigeria was even where we had issues, almost irreparable issues. And it just seemed that we take when we take two steps forward, we take five backward. When we're able to take four, we take ten backward. So I I I mean, people say I'm too pessimistic. You know, it's not that I, I want to be pessimistic. I still don't see, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel. It's not as if we don't have to, even in America. Individually, we all do well. Collectively, there's a problem. You know, some of us are going out of our way to make sure that the collective narrative is. I mean, I'll give you another example. Look at the Jewish people. Yeah, they work. They work so well together, and they influence the American policy, politics, everything, institution to favor Israel and any other Jewish establishment. The Irish, they are, they they use everything they have, even the Colombians. The Hispanics, even though the Hispanics are not a monolith, so to say, because those from uh, those from uh, Cuba do not really agree with those from other areas. Everybody thinks that there's supremacy and all that. But my my solution for Nigeria, and I'll say, because here we don't just like to criticize always, because it's always a discussion. Solution. My, yeah, conversation. My solution has always been India. Let us look at India. I think that's even our largest trading partner. But I still have a couple of trade more, more trade questions for you, but. I just I'm compelled to go into this because of what we've been talking about. India is the most populous democracy in the world. Yeah, the largest the country the democratic country with largest concentration of human beings is India. I think right now they are even more populated than China. I think that happened in the last yes uh, yes yes well, yes yes. They are more populated than China. Now yes. India is also an extremely volatile democracy. You know. A prime minister, that's Rajiv Gandhi. I'm sorry, Indira Gandhi was assassinated. There was no coup. The son Rajiv was made prime minister. He too was assassinated. There was no coup. So there's a lot of instability in India, but the politics keep going on. India is a nuclear superpower. Four, five years ago, malaria was killing people in India. Today, India of about 1.2 billion. Nigeria has more poor people with 200 million people. We have more poor people and... than India of 1.2 billion. So I think... Because of India's diversity, ethnic diversity, religious diversity, colonized by Britain, uh, Pakistan are bolted out of India when they could not agree. Bangladesh, same thing. I think there's a lot of similarity between Nigeria and India. Between Nigeria and India. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should take an holistic look at that Indian constitution. I've, I've gone through it like a couple of times and I think it's just a no-brainer. That's what, that's the way to go. You understand? India, was colonized by Britain. They absorb everything good about Britain. But and reject the bad all the other things. Yeah. They still wear their clothes, speak their language. In fact, they are the UK prime minister today. I think is even of uh, Indian origin to yeah. show you that the colonization is even reversed, you know? So, I mean, just it's, it's, it is baffling. It's mind, it's mind deflating the way Nigeria is going about things. Because we don't lack the manpower. One more thing before I go to the next question. There was something you said that until we get the politics right, we'll be able to put square pegs in square holes. NEPC, Nigeria Export Processing, uh, Export Processing Council, right? Promotion the, Council. The, the council. Promotion, Nigeria Export Promotion Council. The government have not met them. Like you said, if they have met them, we've not seen it on TV. Nexim Bank and all that. So I, I do think that until merits is at the forefront, 
we're going to be circumnavigating and going around the circle. So my next question is, how does Nigeria contribute to international trading anyway? I know we're a crude oil country, but is there any way apart from manpower? I mean, if, if, if it's manpower, you can, you can go into it. But how do we contribute to international trade with our population and all that? Our, our contribution is currently very small. In mm. trading services, we are growing uh, because mm. of technology and IT. Uh, we're having a number of setup within Nigeria. A number of people are working, uh, able to export services. It's still very small. I mean, even generally in the world, trading services is still very, uh, trading, trading the world is almost nearing 28, 29 trillion. Trading services is just about 5, 6 trillion and trading goods about 21, 22 trillion. Oh, wow. So that's, trading that's, services that's is very, still, that's negligible. Yes, it's still, trading services is still small, but mm. we are growing. Now, in trading goods, we are not contributing reasonably. No. The whole of Africa contribution to trade is about 2.5%. The whole of Africa. Oh, wow. Out of the $21.5 trillion, the whole of Africa, our trade in Africa, Nigeria and South Africa is about $160, $150 billion. The, the whole of the remaining part of Africa contributed about 350 So the whole of Africa, 500 plus. In fact, Netherlands, a country of 15, 17 million people, Export of Netherlands alone is more than the whole of export of Africa put together. If you if you look at the map of Europe, you have to strain your eyes to see Netherlands. <laughs> you have to you have export to strain of, your export eyes. Export of Netherlands, to see Netherlands alone is more than the whole of Africa. Netherlands is almost six hundred billion. Africa is not is hovering between four and five hundred billion as a continent. So our contribution is very negligible. And like I said, one of the major reasons is because we are doing a lot of commodities. A lot of commodities. So, and that's why it's so painful when the government is talking and they are talking about cocoa, cashew, ginger. And I'll be asking myself, how on earth do we want to grow trade? And what we are talking about is how to increase effort of cocoa beans. How, why, why are we thinking, do we, need to, do we really want to end forex? We have to say, okay, what is easy enough for exporting chocolate? What policy do we need to put in place to export processed cashew? Because we have strength in our Greek, so let's focus on our Greek. But can we begin to see how we can support export of value add? Can we see how that's not the policy we should be putting in place? But we still focus on commodity. And the reason is because majority of the exporter in Nigeria, 60% of exporter in Nigeria, 60% of importer in Nigeria are foreigners. According to CBN, foreigners, foreigners. Wow. So the Indians, they are not the, Syrians, in the Lebanese, and all that. Asia mainly, They are not interested in adding value. So government put a policy to prevent commodity export. They are not interested in adding value. They are interested in sourcing commodity for their parent company who is processing it in their country. Hmm. So if we don't put policy in place to ensure that we minimize quantity that can be exported. And then support local production in whatever way possible. We will not be able to grow our export volume. We won't well, be able to. It, it, it goes back to the initial point you said. We have to get the politics right. I'm, I'm telling you. I think we have too many theories, too many paperwork, too many resource documents. I'm sure you've delivered so many paper. The way forward <laughs> is not the problem. You understand? <laughs> you guys have delivered so many. I, 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 before I ask my next, let me tell you something that happened recently. You know. Where I, I was talking with some Malaysian friends, and so wait, something came out. They said that they, they came here in the 60s for all time sample and all that. That Nigeria has sent well over 20 delegations to Malaysia to come out and study. You know, I was so offended. I said, What are these guys? I said, Yes, that that his uncle is a minister in the government. That he said they always send every two years. That the, some people will come from the Senate, some people will come from the House of Representatives, some will be federal government delegation, even some state government will send people. That that about was it about eight years ago that they had to lock them out of uh, the government uh, uh, commerce uh, the division. That all the, they now ask them all the ones we've been giving you in the past. What did you do with it? We're just giving you blueprint, blueprint. Is the same they thing? They are not. They, you know, it didn't they are not coming to come and learn. It's Esther code. It's the Esther code. They just want to travel and make it's money. Em- know. They are not mm. coming to come. And-, and when you check those that they are coming, you really see farmers who is in that sector. 
-hmm. You really see processors in that sector. You really see practitioner experts in that sector. The people coming are portfolio farmers, political farmers. They are not the people who will practice what has been learned. They are not. They are supposed to put policy in place. They are not interested. Because I mean, with, the, with the level of indolency in government in Nigeria, they don't yeah. even read. They don't read those documents, you know? No, you know, we have enough information to do what we're supposed to do. It's just that, you know, let me paint that. Let me give an analogy why that will not happen. If a road is bad in Nigeria and you want to fix it as a well-meaning Nigerian, this is the road to my house or my road to my area. I can afford to fix it. You want to fix it. The government will not allow you to fix it. They will tell you need an approver and they will not approve it. Why? If you fix it, how do we put it in the budget every year? And ensure that the money is obtained every year and the job is not done. So if we do it, how, so there are governors that are performing and people in politics are telling them, why are you doing all this? Why do you want to finish all the work in one year? What do, we, what do you want to do next year? Can you see the mindset? I have friends okay. in politics. I have my classmates. Some of them are commissioners. And I engage some of them. And, I, and when I hear what they tell me, sometimes I, I can't blame people that have given up. I can't blame them at all. Because yeah, one you'll be wondering, they'll be telling you, if you finish all the, all, the, all the road this year, what will you do next year? I think it's only road you can do. And, and the unfortunate thing is that, you know, I was analyzing recently, because I, I'm a member of the Nigerian Diaspora Organization, and it's something I believe so much in. So we do a lot of engagement. You've, you've, you've engaged us a couple of yeah. times. And yeah. in my own personal research, I actually discovered that more than 50% of the Nigerian current political office holder have some semblance of diaspora in them. You know, either they went to school here or or something, or they've lived here or something. You know, I looked at it from top downwards, you know. They've, they've all lived abroad, schooled abroad. They've seen how the system works. They know what it is to do the right thing at the right time, where a system works, where if you slap the police, you are messed up for life, you know. And the same people, and that's where I'm going, the same people that have been a beneficiary of where the system works are the ones messing it up. There was a time that was a company because I used to be in shipping and marine industry in the past. So I used to work for a company I was superintending at Togo and Benin. So to fly from Lagos to Cotonou is about 10 minutes. So there's no fun in it. So sometimes I go by road. So one of the things I know is that the driver that drives me in between all that Badagri Road, he drives anyhow. But the woman who cross that uh, semi border, the guy conforms, he, he, he behaves. And that's Benin is supposed to be a small country compared to us, like Nigeria's 37 states. But you see that he knows that if they catch you, they take you to the commissar, you're messed up. You understand? Yeah. So it shows that Nigerians conform, like we did with Seedbelt and all that. We know what to do, but it's just unfortunate. But let me ask you this which country, which are the countries Nigeria is actually trading with now? Which countries are Nigeria called trade partners? And if you mention maybe the top five, then tell us what sort of trade Nigeria is engaging with with those countries. Those countries. Now, the major country that Nigeria currently trade with, I would look at it first of all from the uh, from exports, and then I'll look at it also from imports. Now, let me look at it from exports. Let me also show you. Uh, I, I will show, share my screen. I want to show you the top import origin. And, and when you look at this, you notice a challenge. Because I have a challenge with this data because it, it shows a concentration risk. If you look at this, you see import, uh, import origin for Nigeria. Can you see that 25% of Nigerian import is from China? 25%. That's a challenge. A very big challenge. A big challenge because... Anything happening in that country affects us so terribly. But it's not just Nigeria that is over-dependent on China. Many other countries are like that. And you can see United States, 6.9% of the total import. This is as of last year. So from China to Belgium to Netherlands to India to United States to Norway to South Korea to France to UAE and United Kingdom. UAE is particularly of interest to me. In 2000 and um, I think 
just before COVID, I think 18 or 19, because I remember then I went to the UK to conclude my MSc and I was coming back. I passed through UAE because the guy that came to Nigeria to Chamber of Commerce brought in about 17 manufacturers in UAE to come and meet with Nigerian businessmen. That's the Export Dubai representative. I got his number. I went to see him to see how we can do business with them in Dubai. And I, so I knew when they started to want to export to Nigeria. But in four or five years, UAE is already among top 10 import origin of Nigeria. It's unthinkable for me. Number nine. When I went there that day, I remember the guy told me, he said, look, in this country, you don't tell the, the king's story. When we're ready to do something, if you are going to tell story, leave the place. You must, performance is performance. Excuse is excuse. As far as that, he was telling me about their plan. And, and it looked like, okay, will it, I'm sure. 1.61%. They are not on this list before. Now, and <laughs> you know, when I saw it when, uh, when last year, when this report came out, I was wondering, you either, you would think they are tourism. They are still in tourism, but they know they have computer now in tourism within the Middle East. And they have decided not to just export services. Now they want to export products. They made up their mind to do it, and they are doing it already, and we can see the results in Nigeria. Now, so, we, and you can see the, the, the major market, I mean, the major uh, trading partners. But let's flip to the export side, the top export destination. Of course, the top export destination is predominantly predominantly crude oil exports. And who are they? Spain, Netherlands, India, Indonesia, United States. So United States is among the top import and also among the top exports. So, it, it, but what are we referring to, 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 to US? Crude oil. On this list, 85% is non-oil export. Sorry, it's crude oil, crude oil and gas, which is a challenge for us. A very, very big challenge for us whenever there is uh, volatility in the market. France, Italy, Saudi Arabia, Ivory Coast, and Canada. So these are our top trading partners. For the export, we're not doing very well. It's mainly crude. But for the import, we... What are, sorry, we, uh, what are we exporting to Saudi Arabia? Is that what? What are we exporting to Saudi Arabia? No. <laughs> not crude. <laughs> I know it's not crude. I, I know, know it's not crude. Know. <laughs> What's funny? <laughs> no, I know it's not crude, so I'm just curious. Maybe, no. maybe human beings. I know it. Huh? Maybe you ask. I knew what was going on in your mind that obviously <laughs> it's crude. <laughs> if they will bring me to your body for Nigeria. <laughs> Sorry, I Sorry. Have Take it. if it's crude, okay. If crude is the Nigerian uh, major export, export other mm -hmm. part definitely not Arabia. So Saudi Arabia, our major export Saudi Arabia is actually metal recycling. Oh. Metal recycling is the major export to Saudi Arabia. Metal recycling, uh, organic spices, spices. Hmm. Uh, organic spices, um, 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 steel, organic spices, agro commodities like ginger, um, sesame seed, uh, aluminium ingots. Okay, aluminium ingots, um, hibiscus flour. So, mainly commodities, mainly commodities. Many commodities and, of course, processed minerals. Those are the major exports of Nigeria to Saudi Arabia. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, you, my last question will have been, I was going to talk about trade barriers and all that, but you, you more or less, you've answered most of those questions. We we agree the politics is not helping matters at all. There's, there's actually no stability. No. I was telling someone the other day, I think one of my episodes, I was like, Okay, yeah, Obasanjo is the best president Nigeria has ever had, as far as I'm concerned. He might not be an extremely, extremely good candidate, uh, but as bad as he was at that time, uh, yeah, when yeah. we compare, he's better than everybody. He's better. Time. I mean, he paid debt, started excess crude account, paid debt, 
left money, humongous money. Yeah, and 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 what what led to me saying is that maybe even if we had known, you know, maybe we should have even allowed him to do the allow the top ten. Yes, now maybe we have light. <laughs> but the the snack there is that he brought Yaradua and subsequently Jonathan, you know, because I know Yaradua stopped all the turbines and all the power IPP project and all that, which is very embarrassing, you know. And when you look at the Emirates, the Qatars of this world, and that we don't, I mean, I know it's it's not compulsory you have a national carrier, it's, uh, but, but it's always good for a country to have an airline, even if not owned by governments, you know, it's it's good for your tourism. It no, no, it, it's good, it's good for tourism and for mm. exports. And for export, exactly. Of perishables at a mm. competitive price, the way Kenya is doing. Is is good, like you said. There are so many arrangements that it might be national carrier, but don't necessarily follow Managia. Something similar to what Ethiopia is doing. There's just something about us where many people. That's why, for a number of things I do, it, it was it's a bit difficult for me working with a lot of government agencies. I worked with a couple of them, but I realized that um, many people are self-serving. So for many, it's only. So- I've met fantastic ones. I'm sincerely, I've met fantastic ones. Like the current ED of NPC, fantastic. I can see all he wants to do. I can see, but you know, when you're also within a structure that does not... The, bur- the bureaucracy. You mm. understand? Because I've mm. had engagement with him and I know all he has in mind I wants to do. Also, their staff of fund. Only Shekman was able to get the first ever major fund, 50 billion to support exporter, of course, I know some people will make money in the process, but I'm aware that of people because I was a part of the consultant that reviewed some application for grant, and I know people that I recommend that got those grants. Mm. So I know people got it, of course, as usual. But if we have that kind of thing, because it happened only once, and because of COVID, and because of his influence, maybe because his uh, relative is the wife of the vice president, his influence was able to get those things done. But since that time, we've not had such. We need that kind of fund coming in every now and then to support. Because if indeed we want to grow export, sincerely, we can't, where we are doing right now, um, I don't see us doing much within that space. It's, it, there's no, there's nothing we are doing right now that shows that we're very serious. And I'm talking about at the level of presidency because NEPC is doing a lot. They will tell you so many things they are doing, but when you look at what they are doing, the impact is very minimal because they don't have enough resources to do all that they want to do and they don't have the backing of the president on many things. There's so many things they want to do. But they have, let me give you a good example. If I want to export from Nigeria, the cost of exporting by air from Ghana is so, so cheap compared from Nigeria. What the government agency will charge? NEPC is trying to get fund to reduce that cost. Fund is not agreeing. And they are both worried for the same president. Imagine if the president is involved and tell fund MD, you need to stop that charge. Stop it. Don't even charge. Stop it. Imagine that. Because the president hired him and will tell him what to do so that he can grow export. So now a lot of stuff we can do, do many transactions by air. We can't do because export by air from Nigeria, you must have a lot of margin to be profitable because the cost is ridiculously high. Now it's even worse because of the, the issue we're having with FX right now. Wow, wow, wow. You heard from the expert, Bamidele. Thank you so much. It's, uh, it's almost time. <laughs> we have just some minutes left. I mean, you heard it. We, instead of worrying about what's happening in Niger, you know, we should worry about ourselves. Charity begins at home. Nigeria is the only oil producing country in the whole world who does not have a functional refinery. I mean, it is very sad. It's, it's really sad. It's, there's nothing to celebrate. And, uh, and, and I honestly think, and I've said it before, Every every institution of government counts. Like you said, the ship must sail in the, the same direction. It looks to me mm-hmm. like the world mm-hmm. patriotism mm-hmm. died mm-hmm. a long time ago. Everything is stomach infrastructure. Ap- apologies to fire chain that started it. Everybody <laughs> just wants to just want to what I will eat. And and what you know, are we and you know what to a very eat? large extent, it's not as if I'm encouraging corruption, but there are people I know that are retired 78. 1978, 79, 80, 82, 83, 85, all the way to 86, 87. And these guys were fantastic civil servants. They gave their best. They didn't steal anything. And, you know, they retired. And do you know what? The moment they left government work, their life went down. Down. You know, I mean, I've seen people that were queuing, were begging to get pension. And they even died queuing for, you know. So it shows how horrible the Nigerian 
situation is, you know. Actually, that is one of the things fueling what they do. Like yeah. you said, not encouraging, but it's fueling. Yeah. So that's why before you close, something happened when Dora was alive. Hmm. I have friends then who were doing Dora IT. Akiyuli. Akiyuli. Nabda, yes. Yes. Who were doing IT. I have friends who are pharmacists who were doing IT. And many pharmacists don't want to go and do IT in Nabda. You know what he did? He increased their allowances. But went frontally against any form of corruption. That was why Nabda became a star. And they were stopping and able to stop and reduce significantly fake drug coming to Nigeria. So he knew their challenges. He ensured he deal with issues on their, uh, the one he has control over, not the, of course, salary mm -hmm. that will be, have to be done by federal government. He was able to take care of that, but ensure if you are caught being corrupt, you are gone. Of course, they wow. went after him. A lot of assassins attempt against his life, our life, and eventually, of course, he was he was still the best today because he knew what the problem was. He was able to solve that problem. I'm, I'm made analogy to say that if they are going to cut corruption, you also have to solve that problem first mm -hmm. before you are not going to be able to go after the people having solved the problem, which is the fear that many of them have, and it's making them to do some of those things. Yes, thank you, Bamidele. We're going to call it a wrap there. The conclusion is very easy. The judiciary must be transparent. The yes. executive must be transparent. The legislature must be transparent. Everybody blames the politician. The civil servant, too, have to be transparent. We all have, have a role to play. But it does look yeah. like the ship is not sailing. You know, uh, we're like, we like scalar, scalar quantities in physics now. Plenty magnitude, very no, very no direction. <laughs> and it does look, I mean, like I said, I don't like being a pessimist, but the future does not look bright. Something must give. We need to calibrate, recalibrate. And I think the first part to that is, we've always said we need a new constitution and all that. We've said India does, but our election must at least be free and fair. It's I, I really don't care who rules. The, the election just has to be free and fair. It enough must show that the people and, could be passing there and people can sack it. Exactly. Yeah, enough of all this tribal and religious, you know, and so it's a wrap there. Bambele, thank you for coming. I'm sure we're going thank to call you. you back again. <laughs> thank you, know, you Things keep changing. Things keep changing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, bro. God bless All you. All right. Bye. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. To our listeners and viewers at home, thank you. This Atlantic Discuss. It's a wrap now. I know, I mean, you've learned so much already. The country has to move forward. The largest concentration of Black people, but it cannot be done without we getting our acts together. It's not just having the numbers. We have to do it properly. Thank you all. Bye.